Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Colossians and the Gospel of Luke, as you heard a few moments ago. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to test your knowledge and your memory a little bit today. And we're going to start off with one very simple question. Just over two months ago, what happened on September 8th? If you know it, shout it out. Come on. September 8th. Just over two months ago. Nobody remembers? It wasn't that long ago. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not my birthday, just FYI. Anybody? What? No, that was September 11th. Somebody said, welcome back, barbecue. That was a Sunday. It wasn't a Sunday. Nobody, huh? Nobody. Nobody remembers. No, it's okay. All right. The answer that I was looking for, which obviously none of you guessed, was the death of Queen Elizabeth II. On September 8th, after reigning for 70 years, the queen died of old age at 3.10 p.m. Okay, now I'll ask you one more question and see if you can get it right. <laughs> I know, you guys laugh now. Does anyone know what's going to happen on May 6, 2023? What was that? Oh, okay, I heard some coronation. King Charles coronations. Any, anybody have a different answer? Well, the correct answer is uh, Archie Harrison Mountbatten-Windsor, the eldest child of Charles' son, Prince Hen Harry, and Meghan Markle, will be turning four. <laughs> also, it is the coronation date for King Charles. Yes, so you did get it correctly there. All right. Now, in order for Charles to become king, Elizabeth, his mother, had to die. That was his only path to the throne. And if he would have passed away before she did, then he would have never sat on the throne. Today is the last Sunday of the church year, and is also known as Christ the King Sunday. Next week, we'll be starting the season of Advent, a time where we will think about the coming of Christ at Christmas. But before we get there, we have to get through today. And in the gospel reading for today, we hear the story of Jesus' crucifixion from Luke. Right before we focus on Jesus' birth, we hear about how he dies. While he's on the cross, we hear this. The people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. But it wasn't just those people who stood around and mocked him. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Everyone was taunting him while he's there on the cross, calling him the king of the Jews. And we also know that 
there was an inscription over him that read, this is the king of the Jews. And this came from Pilate, which was the stated reason for his crucifixion. And the Jews, more specifically the chief priests, they actually wanted it changed. And they said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Now there's certainly a big difference between being the king of the Jews and claiming to be the king of the Jews. The chief priests wanted it to be about what Jesus said, even if Pilate may have also been mocking Jesus by calling him the king of the Jews. That is what the I-N-R-I stands for, that you sometimes see above Jesus' head on the cross. It stands for Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. But Pilate's words, unbeknownst to many standing around the cross, were actually words of fact. And there was one person at the cross who believed it. The one thief who said, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. The thief, rightfully named, knew that he deserved to be on the cross, because his punishment fit his crimes. He also knew that Jesus did not deserve to be on the cross because Jesus was innocent. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. When the thief refers to Jesus' kingdom, you can really see that he does believe in Jesus as the Christ of God, as the chosen one, as his king. Even though on the cross with a crown of thorns is not your stereotypical image that you have of a king. And Jesus' response to the thief is a response that only someone who has the authority to grant it can say. The thief said to Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. In other words, it's an unspecified time Jesus, whenever you make your way there, just remember me. To which Jesus answers very clearly, today. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Paradise might remind us of the Garden of Eden, where God walked and talked and dwelled with his people. In Jesus' kingdom, the same thing happens. It's just that his kingdom is not of this earth. And as a result, Jesus' path to the throne comes not through anyone else's death. Rather, it comes through his own death. If you remember, it was shortly after what time that Queen Elizabeth passed away? I'm testing your knowledge again if you were listening. Right, just after three o'clock that Queen Elizabeth passed away, and the reign of Charles began. We read about Jesus 
on the cross in the verses that come immediately after our gospel reading. And this is what it says. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed. Now, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour is actually from noon to 3 p.m. And there was darkness over the whole world. As it says, the sun's light failed. It's really an interesting phrase that I'm going to come back to in a minute. But shortly after 3 p.m., Jesus breathed his last breath. And we might say that's when his true reign as king began. Because up until the moment of his death, he still could have sinned. He could have responded to all those who mocked him with hatred in his heart. He could have played into their words and actually came down from the cross and said, Now do you believe? But he didn't. He stayed on the cross. He didn't give into sin, didn't give into temptation. And we see that not only do we know that the thief believed in Jesus, but there's also a centurion who saw, as he breathed his last, said, Truly this man was the Son of God. If Jesus had sinned before he died, if he would have come down from the cross, if there was anything that would have happened to Jesus in his life where something other than death on the cross was the result, none of it would have made any difference for us or anyone else. Because if Jesus is sinful, he cannot die for the sins of the world. If he comes down from the cross, many likely would have believed him, and they probably would have never sentenced him to death again. If Jesus is on the cross, and the sun's light fails, and there is darkness over the whole earth, and he dies a sinner, then we remain in darkness. We remain in our sin. We have no hope. There is no paradise for us. It is lost. And when we talk about paradise, we talk about the Garden of Eden. We talk about a time when things for a short amount of time, were perfect. And when Adam and Eve sinned, there was no longer perfection in the world. No longer perfection in the lives of people on earth. No longer perfection with all of the other things that God had created. And all generations that follow are born into sin. What the sin of Adam and Eve also brought into the world was death. Sin entered the world. Death entered the world. And as a result, sin and death have been passed down to all of us. You could say that we live in the darkness and the shadow of death. Because death will one day come for us all because we have all sinned. But what we all deserve for our sin is not just physical death, which is certain. What we also deserve is eternal death, condemnation, 
hell, eternal separation from God and his love and his life. Even if we only ever committed one sin, we still deserve to die. Even if we committed zero sins, we still deserve to die because we are born with sin. That's the sin that has been passed down to us from Adam and Eve that we call original sin. And really, if we're born with original sin, it leads us to commit actual sins. So there's no way that we wouldn't commit any sins because of that original sin. We are sinners no matter what. From the moment we are conceived in our mother's womb, and from that moment, we are all deserving of death and hell. We are in the darkness of sin, death, and hell. And that's where we deserve to stay. And that's exactly why Jesus came. As we turn to Advent next week, we focus on Christ's coming, and we hear in Luke chapter 1 that what Jesus will do is give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. While we were still sinners, while we were just this little sinful speck in our mother's womb, while we were ungodly and unjust and liars and thieves and enemies of Christ, while we were terrible, horrible, no good, very bad people, Christ died for us. Not because we were deserving or worthy of having the sinless Son of God die for us, but because he was worthy enough to die for us. Because we mean more to him than we could ever know. And because on this earth we will never fully understand the cost that Jesus paid to save us, he did it. Because it was the only way. He did it willingly, voluntarily, because of his incredible love for us. He took our punishment, our condemnation, our sin, our death, and hell. Everything that we are deserving and worthy of, Jesus took it and bore it on the cross as only the sinless Son of God, the Christ, the Chosen One, the Messiah, the King of the Jews could do. Jesus, the light of the world, came to shine in the darkness and in the shadow of death. And the darkness and death didn't stand a chance. But darkness isn't the end. Let's go back to the sun's light failing. Ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, sin is destroying everything in its path. People, the ground, everything. What if, leading up to Jesus' death, it looks like sin is going to win? It looks like the Chosen One, the Messiah, the Christ, bruised and battered and bleeding on the cross, is dying. And along with him, the hope of salvation. And what if for those three hours of darkness that is over the whole earth, the sun has failed because sin has taken over? 
death is having its day. And Satan seems to have his grip on this land and all of creation. What if, just like our bodies fail us because of sin, the sun has failed to shine because of sin? What if? What ifs don't really matter because the darkness didn't last. And neither did the amount of time Christ was dead for. Because the moment Christ breathed his last, the war was over. Sin, death, the devil, the darkness was defeated once and for all. And Christ's resurrection three days later is the proof, the guarantee that we have the forgiveness of sins, that we have been redeemed by his blood, and eternal life is promised for all who believe. Or as Paul says in Colossians, that New Testament reading, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Adam and Eve had the perfect paradise, but sin took that away from them. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, paradise that was once lost because of sin has been opened to all who believe. And that paradise is no longer in the Garden of Eden, but it is in heaven, where God walks with, talks with, and dwells with his people for all eternity where Christ truly is king and reigns forever in his kingdom and where all things are perfect. So when we hear the thief say to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, and he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. We can hear those words and we can make them ours as well. Because as much as we think that heaven is this future place where we will be, because we believe, we are living eternal life right now. It is a present reality. And so today, by faith in Jesus Christ and in his death and resurrection, faith which is gifted to us by the Holy Spirit, paradise is ours. And we can view it in the church like this. When we come to baptism, we're saying, remember me in your kingdom. And he says, through the water and the word, today you are with me in paradise. When we come to the Lord asking for forgiveness, we're saying, I am worthy of death and hell, but remember me in your kingdom. And through the words of the absolution, he says, all of your sins are forgiven. And today you are with me in paradise. When we come to the Lord's Supper, we are saying, as you give your body and your blood to eat and to drink, remember me in your kingdom. And he says, Through my body and my blood that is given and shed for you, 
your sins are forgiven, and today you are with me in paradise. No more darkness. No more death. Only light and life. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.